This is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. Wait for the whistle to blow. And we are underway on Express FM. For the fans, by the fans. The atmosphere around Fratton at the moment is great and that's spilled over into the training ground and the boys are very, very positive. Giving you a voice. Everyone has got a smile on their face. It's going really well and it's up to us to keep that, even in the tough moments. This is the Football Hour. And it's a good one. With Jake Smith. A relentless display saw Portsmouth get back to winning ways in comfortable fashion against the Cobblers last time out. Into the Northampton penalty area. Good delivery, Ogilvy! And Ogilvy scores! Lane into the Northampton penalty area. Paddy Lane, 2-0 Portsmouth! Can he play it square, Lang? He will, it's slightly behind Lane. Lane's in, though. Lane to shoot! Scores! Cross comes into the danger area. Heads go up. Pompey win. Chance for Lang! That's now four unbeaten for the Blues, who remain top of League One after that 4-1 demolition of Northampton Town last weekend. But if Pompey are going to finally get out of this division, they'll have to do it the hard way. John Massinio will be on the show tonight to bring us up to speed on not one, not two, but three new season-ending injuries. I've never really seen anything like this. I think the last week probably sums up our luck, I suppose, in terms of the fact that we can replay all three of those situations a thousand times and there's absolutely nothing we can do about them. We'll also hear from midfielder Owen Moxon about the prospect of facing his old side this weekend. It'll be good, it'll be a tough game, but I'll prepare for it like any other game and then, you know, go there and hopefully get the free point. And it's not just Pompey's men with a big game coming up in the next few days. The women also have a crucial league fixture to look forward to. Head coach Jay Sadler has been weighing up the positives in having to play so many games away from home lately. We've got a good record away from home. We utilise the time together really, really wisely. Another good social element and, and one of the, the reasons why this squad is so together. A look ahead to tomorrow's trip to Carlisle for Pompey's men, Sunday's encounter for the women away at Oxford, as well as discussion on the possible introduction of blue cards and sin bins. Having to Waterlooville director Gary Pratt has had his say on the matter. The sport is evolving, it will always evolve because of how popular it is in this country and around the world, but we just have to go with the times. We'll take a listen to the full chat with Gary there, which highlights the positives and the negatives on the show tonight. Plenty to get through, so let's get straight into it, here on Portsmouth Express FM. The Football Hour. Driven by Stagecoach across the South. Download the app now from the App Store or Google Play to view up-to-date timetable information and to prepay for your journey. Express FM. Hello there, happy Friday evening. Thank you for tuning in to this, the latest episode of The Football Hour, on which between now and 7 o'clock we'll be hearing from plenty of Pompey voices on lots of important subject matters. From the Blues' upcoming trip to Carlisle, the women's next league encounter, and the Blues, uh, the Blue Cards and Simbins too. We've got it all on the show tonight, as well as much, much more too. And with so much to get through, we also want to be hearing from you back home too, Blues fans. With more players ruled out for the rest of the season, should Pompey dip into the free agent market? What do you reckon the score will be at Brunton Park come five o'clock tomorrow? And are you in favour of blue cards and simbins and football? Or should our beautiful game be left as it is? 81400 is our text number. Make sure you start your messages with the word express. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com. It's at expressfm on x, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live, or download and get in touch via the Express FM app, available now on iOS and Android devices. We start the show tonight with a short journey back in time to last Saturday at Fratton Park, where Pompey were desperate to get back to winning ways after conceding a late equaliser away at Oxford just a few days prior. 
Northampton Town stood in the way of the Blues and three points, but a rapid start at PO4 ensured the Cobblers weren't standing for long. Every kick. Left a great delivery. Every goal. Hurling it past the goalkeeper. Every game is right here. Oh, I believe it. Pompey Live. What a moment for Pompey. On Express FM. Referee blows his whistle. And we're underway at Fratton Park. And it finds Pierre Harris and Pompey got it outside the penalty area back to Ogilvy. Ogilvy drives in field. Nice run this from Ogilvy. Right foot it's shot. It's decent. It's field. And Bishop puts it in. But the flag is up. And the goal won't count. Offside. Still nil-nil. Pack will have to deliver. Left hand in the air. It's the Northampton penalty area. Good delivery. Ogilvy! And Ogilvy scores! Glancing ahead and past the goalkeeper. It's a brilliant print. Ogilvy wasn't going to miss from there. He's got his second goal of the season. Portsmouth 1, Northampton Town 0. And Lane's away down the right-hand side. Force wide with his touch. Lane into the Northampton penalty area. Paddy Lane, 2-0 Portsmouth. The Northern Irishman scores. Pat gets the congratulations. A second assist for him. Portsmouth double their lead. 16 gone, Portsmouth 2, Northampton Town 0. Bishop wins the ball back, Peter Harris cries of shoot, turns away from trouble, lays it off, packs to deliver again with his left foot to the near post, shot against his knee, Ogilvy, does he score? No, it's cleared away from behind the goalkeeper. Peter Harris to the dead ball line, looking to go round, he's gone down under a challenge, and the referee says, penalty kick to Portsmouth. Bishop will strike it right-footed, and it's saved again, and Rafferty chips it back into the keeper's hands, and Bishop has missed the second consecutive penalty. And the half-time whistle goes, and Portsmouth are in control of the break. They lead by two goals to nil. McIntyre is up on his feet, and the red card is brought out. And Tom McIntyre's debut has come to an end. Eight minutes in the start of the second half, with Pompey leading 2-0. Northampton try and play it short. Oh, they make a mess of it. And suddenly Lang's away, and Lane's trying to get with him. Can he play it square, Lang? He will, it's slightly behind Lane. Lane's in, though. Lane to shoot. Scores! 3-0 to Portsmouth. A disastrous free kick from Northampton. And they are punished to the full extent with Paddy Lane smashing it past Lee Burge. Three, Northampton nil. Cross comes into the danger area. Heads go up. Pompey win. Chance for Lang. 4-0 Portsmouth. Lang has two in two. The ball looped up in the air. And there was Callum Lang to smash it past the goalkeeper. Portsmouth maybe down to ten men. They've got a four. It's Portsmouth four, Northampton Town nil. Loose in the penalty area. Shot, block. Another shot to come in. Pinnock, oh, what a goal. Pinnock has smashed that in. It's bounced off the underside of the crossbar, down on the line and into the roof of the net. He has absolutely hammered that one, Mitch Pinnock. It is the Portsmouth 4, Northampton Town 1. That'll do, says Sam Perkins, the referee. And Portsmouth record a comprehensive, comfortable and thoroughly deserved victory. All the unmissable action. Pompey Live on Express FM. A 4-1 win for the Blues last time out to ensure they remain top of the League One table and will go into the full standings in greater detail shortly. Former Pompey women's assistant James Wilson is alongside Blues fans Brendan Tuttiet on the Football Hour tonight. James, we'll start with you if you don't mind. Well, first and foremost, good evening. Evening, mate. 
great to have you on the show tonight. It's been a while since we've had you on the Footblower, but um, you've been a lot more involved with the Pompey Live stuff recently, so it's great, it's great to see you in person again. Thank you, mate. Yeah, <laughs> pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Some performance of that, wasn't it, last weekend against Northampton? Yeah, it was pretty special. I mean, we, we spoke about it before the game. Ideally, you want that fast start, and, and they delivered it. It made such a difference. Just lifted the weight off everyone with that early goal, and then I think that just breathes confidence throughout the team to then press forward, and the second one comes quickly. Yeah, all round, it's just a, just a really good day by the McIntyre stuff. Brendan is also here in the studio with us. Brendan, thank you for joining us on the panel tonight. Again, thank you for having me in, Jake. It's been, again, it's been a, been a while for myself being in here. It has, yeah, I think just before Christmas. It was, yes. yes. Uh, Brendan, what impressed you the most in last Saturday's win over the Cobblers? I just think the, the, the all-round domination we had, really, because I, I said on my, my little thing I did on TikTok, just, um, we just bopped them off the park. They didn't really lay a glove on us, you know. When those last ten minutes, I even said, oh, you know, we're going to let them have the ball, let them play about with it. They're not really doing anything in, in you know, in the attack to us. Obviously, then they put a thunderbolt in from out of nowhere, completely <laughs> against the run of play. But no, yeah, it was just great to see us dominate the ball and dominate the game. Great strike as well, Brendan. No complaints about that one, really. No, not at all. No, no one saw it coming. No. Um, we'll move on away from that then, because we had a lot of the um, a lot of the time on Monday to talk about that. I want to talk about a couple of results from uh, midweek and some ones that definitely affect uh, Pompey. There were five scheduled League One fixtures taking place on Tuesday evening. Bristol Rovers were defeated by two goals to let home to Fleetwood Town. Exeter City turning things around at home to Peterborough, winning that one by two goals to one. Port Vale nil, Leighton Orient one, Stevenage nil, Reading one, and the big one, the match between Cambridge United and Bolton Wanderers abandoned after just nine minutes. Heavy rainfall at the Abbey Stadium bringing a halt to that one. So Bolton still with three games in hand. Pompey remained top of League One with 63 points on the board. Derby County stay in second after Peterborough's defeat in midweek. Uh, and Peterborough themselves now in fourth position. They are seven points behind Pompey with only one game in hand so that defeat on Tuesday night to Exeter has done the Blues some favours Bolton as we mentioned three games in hand five points behind but of course by the time they actually get to play one of their games in hand hopefully Pompey can extend that gap um, talking about them results then James we'll start off with one that actually wasn't a result but one that didn't actually happen Bolton um, is that a blessing for Pompey you know Bolton having to go to Cambridge Again, more fixture congestion between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult for them to navigate. I think my personal preference is you'd always rather have the points on the board than be the chasing team. Um, yeah, it's something they're going to have to navigate through. They're a good side. They've got good depth. But, you know, as, as, as the running comes down, strange things do happen in this season. Cambridge could end up when they revisit with more to play for as in a couple of bad results, fighting for your life at home. So there's going to be a lot of twists and turns. I'm not, I'm not reading too much into it at the moment, but I'd rather be in our position with the points on the board looking down rather than being in the chasing pack. And a big result for Exeter at home to Peterborough. Brendan, um, they now not really in the, in the running to have it in their own hands of the posh. They are uh, quite a number of points behind Pompey now, as we mentioned there, seven points with only one game in hand. Um, and two own goals, but done it on Tuesday yeah. night at St James' Park. I actually watched it as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I watched it on iFollow. I thought I'll go and watch the game. Like I didn't pick the Bolton one, otherwise that's a wasted tenner. Yes. But yeah, it was a good game to watch. And um, yeah, Exeter took their chances, obviously the two own goals. But yeah, it was really good to see. And uh, and when it's the team that's chasing you, it's, it's even better seeing the, the demise of them. 
Yeah. Things going Pompey's way so far, it is looking scarily promising for the Blues. <laughs> and I just want to mention as well, Leighton Orient. What an impressive start they've had to 2024. In midweek, 1-0 winners away at Port Vale. They're still unbeaten this calendar year. Five wins and one draw. That, of course, uh, includes their 3-0 defeat they inflicted on Pompey at Fratton Park a couple of weeks ago. Uh, top of a form table they are, as things stand. Pompey is second in that form table. And Leighton Orient could do the Blues another favour tomorrow. They travel to Barnsley in the next League One fixture, so one to look out for. Well, like I just mentioned there, we've got a lot to get through on the show tonight, so we won't be recapping last week's game too much. However, if you would like to hear a full debrief of Pompey's 4-1 win over Northampton, you can head on over to our website, expressfm.com, the ExpressFM app, or Spotify to download and listen back to Monday evening's edition of the Football Hour, titled Top Marks All Around. Now, moving on, and uh, this week there has been a bit of speculation about the possible introduction of blue cards and sim bins to football. As reported by The Telegraph, blue cards are set to be introduced with the intent to remove players from a field of play for 10 minutes if, in the event, a cynical foul or dissent is committed. According to this report, trials are likely to start in the summer, with next season's FA Cup and Women's FA Cup targeted to act as test events. Since this news broke, however, the international governing body for football, FIFA, released the following statement. FIFA wishes to clarify that reports of a so-called blue card at elite levels of football are incorrect and premature. Any such trials, if implemented, should be limited to testing in a responsible manner at lower levels, a position that FIFA intends to reiterate when this agenda item is discussed at the IFAB AGM on the 2nd of March. So, in a nutshell, FIFA haven't specifically denied that this is something they want to bring in at some point. What do you think about the blue cards and the sim bins? Would they be a welcome addition or should the game be left as it is? What are the pros and cons to having these kind of things introduced? Let us know what you think back home by getting in touch. All the usual ways, it's 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. Otherwise, you can email Pompey at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm over on x, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or download and reach us through the expressfm app. It's easy to use and you can even send us a voice note on that as well. Somebody who has already had their say is Gary Pratt, who had 10 years' experience working with the Hampshire FA. He's now Director and General Manager at Havens Waterlooville, and I caught up with Gary this morning to get his verdict. To be honest, Jake, not really surprised. It's been something that's been implemented at grassroots level now for a number of years. In fact, it's nearly 20 years it's been going on. For the first probably 15 years of those, it's been solely in small-sided football. Say, for instance, locally here in Portsmouth, uh, your Oco five aside, your goals, etc. Of, of those lines. And generally, it's just for dissent. It then got brought in by the FA as a trial for grassroots, purely again for dissent. Um, and actually, it really worked. Um, back in my time working for Hampshire FA, it, it, it was introduced whilst I was there, and, and we saw immediately the reduction in dissent was quite significant you obviously when it first starts like with this season we had a a number of cautions at premier league level with people breaking up the play kicking the ball away automatically yellow cards that happened with the sim bins however it did ultimately decrease because players were like hold on i'm spending 10 minutes on the touchline here out of 90 if i'm getting subbed after 45 i'm only playing 35 minutes what's the point of being there so it does have an effect on the game. There is obviously pros and cons with everything in life and, and, and some of it with the playing style is negative. But I was surprised with some of the stuff that has come out from IFAB, the guys that make the laws, because they're not only just introducing it for dissent, but for cynical fouls, for breaking up play and things like that. 
Um, and that's the bit I was surprised with. Not for dissent, I can see that happening and then and, and it will take the line of rugby eventually. I think that will happen. But for the foul side, that that did surprise me. Okay. And and you mentioned there that this isn't something new to the grassroots game and you know, five aside, seven asides and things like that. But do you think this could work at a more sort of senior level? How can this be adapted to ensure that it does work well and work smoothly on, you know, the bigger stage, the Premier League, the World Cup, the European Championships and of course matches on TV as well? How do you try to appeal to the fans as well who are watching these matches? Yeah, my, my initial thoughts, it does need some amending, but that's a personal thought. Obviously, everybody in, in football, they have their own opinions to it. Everything that comes down, they brought VAR in to correct clear and obvious errors. Everything will still come down to personal preference, whether it's the person in the middle of the pitch, whether it's the person in, in Stockley Park or wherever the booth is, it will still come down to a personal opinion if they're breaking up a play, a cynical foul. That's still up to interpretation. So that's why, for me, that doesn't work. You'll get the obvious ones that are like, um, they're running through towards goal, it's two on one, the midfielder catches up and yanks him down, pulls his shirt down. Yeah, they. I've heard people for 20-odd years say, that should be a, a sin bin in rugby, that's a clear cynical foul. Yeah, I get that, that's fine, no problem, and I don't have an issue with that. But what you do have is those grey area ones that, oh, he's, he's gone to play the ball, but he's tripped him, it's a cynical foul, and then he's got 10 minutes off. What happens in that 10 minutes? Referees at the professional game, there's enough referees to manage it. No problem at all, timings and things. So that doesn't come into it. But for me, it's the product there is a business. I went to a National League meeting a couple of weeks ago and we had a discussion with Howard Webb. Howard Webb was a guest speaker and he was talking about standards of refereeing and how things are progressing. And one of the things he mentioned was that football now in the top levels, even down as far as League 2, National League as as such, it's a business. It's not just a sport anymore. The referees' decisions have a massive impact on how the clubs run because if you have four or five decisions go against you, you could end up being relegated. Of course, it's over a 46-game season and, and that's highly unlikely just to be five or six decisions, but that is a possibility. If these five or six decisions are grey areas then you've got an issue. Also, does it change the phase of play? Does it allow coaches to say, right, we're putting nine men behind the ball, we'll sit out the 10 minutes, we'll make sure they can't have a shot. What happens to the product? What happens to the entertainment business? So they have to be very careful on how they implement it. The trial, from what I understand, the IFAB have allowed FIFA to say you can now implement the trial into it. It's not coming in as such, it's purely a trial. And the trial in England, Mark Bullingham, the FA CEO, is very much on board with it, but only wants to try it in the FA Cup competitions, both male and female. So I don't see any changes drastically in the Premier League, the EFL, the National League, the Southern League and and, and the likes. Um, Although it is still at step five at the Wessex League level, it's already there for dissent, but not for cynical fouls. So really, it's just an information gathering that IFAB have allowed the trial to go ahead. This will take a number of years. This won't happen anytime soon. Um, I personally don't see it happening in the professional game for at least five years. Sticking my neck out on the line a bit there, but timelines, the trial needs to be at least 12 months. Then they need to record the results from it. Then they need to speak to stakeholders, whether it be national associations, the leagues, the clubs, and even supporters. They will go to supporters on this because like I say, it's it's an entertainment business now, as well as a sport, as well as a, a, a commercial business. So there's lots and lots of things to go through. I, I don't. I see a lot of articles of the people jumping the gun and people saying, you're killing football, why are you doing this? They're not trying to kill football, but I can understand why people think that. And it's a case of just sitting tight, wait and see. For Let's say we're on Pompey Live, so it's, it, it could affect one game in the season. It could be just one, it could be six. Hopefully it's six, they get to the FA Cup finals, things like that. But 
that's just that. It won't affect the league season for next season and probably the season after that. So it's just a case of it's a trial. We'll wait and see. I remember when they had the Goldline Technology trial, everyone was like, oh, just let them get on with it. But actually, everyone loves Goldline Technology now. Everyone hates the AR, but they love Goldline Technology. So it, it swings and roundabouts. It's a, it's a case of the, the sport is evolving. It will always evolve because of how popular it is in this country and around the world. But we just have to go with the times. Let's get the thoughts now then of our two guests here in the studio tonight. Uh, Brendan, what do you think about blue cards and Simbins? Could they work or would their introductions spoil the game as we know it? I think they can work in the amateur game in Sunday League to calm down hot-headed Sunday League boys and girls. Um, but maybe in the professional game might be a step too far. Again, as you know, as I said, it's, as Gary said, it's down to interpretation. It, it, and being anecdotal, that the clearest one I think we've ever seen is the Chiellini pulling mm. back on Bukayo Saka in the Euros final. And no, everyone said, oh, that's a red. Or, well, no, it's not really a red. It's not clear and obvious. It's more of an orange between <laughs> the two. Well, here's your chance to <laughs> to play that orange card, yeah. which is now blue. Uh, and James, we've had plenty of intervention from the rule setters, the lawmakers mm. over recent years, thinking back to the handball rule. That's changed, what changes every season. A goal line technology, VAR, just to name a few. Is football being tampered with a little bit too much in your eyes or, or can the sport use this opportunity to, to grow and develop into a fairer game? I'm, I'm all for change, but the change needs to be correct. I think with this one, similar to, to what we're discussing here, um, it, there's too much greyer involved. I think one referee would deem a tactical foul, the other one not so much. With the dissent side of things, the refs have always had the power with the cards in their pocket to deal with dissent. Um, so I don't think they need the extra tool. I think it's just more about applying the rules that we have now and being stricter with it. Um, yeah, so it's not for me. Um, it's not to say it won't work. Obviously, I think it'll be reviewed, trialled at different areas. So I'm not against change, but right now in my mind, I think leave it alone. Yeah. Excellent stuff, Brendan. James, thank you both very much for the time being. It is now time for a quick breather. But after the break, we'll be moving on the topic of conversation to this weekend's action. And when we return, we'll be catching up with women's boss Jay Sadler, as well as men's head coach John Massinio, who takes us into his mindset and why, despite recent injury concerns, he doesn't want his players to be shying away from big challenges. The two challenges that the lads went into in a Portsmouth shirt, 100% of the time I want them going into those challenges honestly and trying to win the ball. And, you know, obviously we don't want them to get hurt, but um, the far better thing is to make sure that we, we stay honest as a group. We, we go into those challenges with intensity and we, we don't start pulling out of anything for fear of injury. Stick with us here on Express FM 3 for more passionate Pompey discussion coming right your way after these messages. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Yeah, good evening. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on Portsmouth's Express FM, driven to you, as you've just heard there, by Stagecoach Across the South, delivering you a full preview of tomorrow's trip to Carlisle United. We're going to hear from the likes of John Massinio, Owen Moxon and Jay Sadler between now and 7 o'clock. Brendan Tuttiat and James Wilson also in the studio with us tonight. Um, James, I want to touch upon then, let's start off by talking about tomorrow's long trip up to Carlisle United. Um, six hours there, six hours back. That's 
without traffic. Um, it is the long, gruelling journey all Pompey fans have been looking forward to, I'm sure, all season. <laughs> yeah, it's um, not ideal, but hopefully it'll be the last time we'll be doing it for a while. Yes. Fingers crossed. That's the. I think that's the best we can hope for. And if you are good with omens, Brendan, the last time we went to Carlisle was seven years ago. I yes. believe it was February, March time in 2017. 3-0 win. Gary Roberts, I mean, Linganzi, Jack Watmore also with that incredible knee slide celebration. <laughs> Um, three nil winners on that day and that was a big game as well because Carlisle United at the time were pushing for automatic promotion and Pompey went, went on of course to get it and of course win the League 2 title so are you one for the Romans? Do you think that maybe this once in a lifetime trip to Brunton Park will, will be something we look back with fondness in a few years to come? I'd like to think so because um, we haven't like, there's been occasions where we've gone to Carlisle and we've not come away with the result we wanted um, yeah, so I, I believe we'll, we'll do well. I think pushing on from last week as well. They they've lost their last five games, if not more than that, in their bottom of the form, mm-hmm. the form table at mm-hmm. the moment. And um, yeah, it's just time for us to. They're there for the taking. Hopefully, their former player is going to score against them because they always seem to score against us, our former players. Yeah, but hopefully, Moxon does it tomorrow. And yeah, Brendan mentions their former players. It's something that Pompey usually have against them. But Owen Moxon will be looking to get something maybe over, over his former team tomorrow. And I only joined Pompey last week, and he'll be heading back up there. I think that's what makes it so bizarre. It's so literally true. been two weeks, I think. Not even. That. Um, yeah. mm. And to be going back up there already, I think he'll be he'll be nervous about. It. I think that's natural. Um, but the fact that he'll probably start from the bench will allow him to just soak it up a little bit calm the the heart rate so so to speak but yeah I think it'd be fine professional football it's a short career they move that's the business of the game so I think it'd be okay question is now Brendan and we're going to hear from John Massinio in just a moment um, so not to spoil the interview but I'm sure many Pompey fans listening in have read on social media if they haven't um, then the news is that there will be three players missing between now and the end of the season Tom McIntyre Joe Morrell and Terry Devlin all with season ending injuries so you know James mentions there Owen Moxon potentially starting from bench tomorrow but with Joe Morrell out could this be an opportunity for him to get a run of games well yeah definitely definitely Coxon or um, or uh or Tom Lowry will be starting in the in the sort of sixth position or eighth position, whatever you want to call it, either one. Um, yeah, so if if he does get his start, like gets his um full his full debut, we call him. Yes. Um, I definitely like to see him getting there and maybe get himself on a set piece because you know he, he can put them in from distance. So, yeah, I, I, I don't see why not. I think they're there for the taking. Some big news from um, an FA spokesperson this week regarding the Tom McIntyre sending off against Northampton Town. An FA spokesperson said, uh, Tom McIntyre's three-match suspension has been removed following a successful claim of wrongful dismissal. The defender was sent off for serious foul play in Portsmouth's EFL League One game against Northampton Town on Saturday the 3rd of February. And I say Tom McIntyre, there. actually he's, he's typed it out as Thomas McIntyre, but uh, <laughs> we of course know him as Tom um, James, look, we all know that's all in vain because he's now out for the end of the season. That same challenge has uh, fractured his ankle. Um, but the, I, I guess the the idea that it's been overturned and the principle of it is, is somewhat promising. It's a moral victory, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. if not anything else. I think we had that little bit of hope, didn't we, when we saw the news come out, it been overturned, the, the rumours that came out the night before. Um, but it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? I've gutted for him because you could only see in that first hour... How, how important he can be with that natural left foot playing out from the back so cultured so comfortable um, yeah so gutted for him but at the same time we always say it that absence breeds opportunity and, and Raggett is more than worthy of stepping straight back into that side again 
Let's hear from the gaffer now, then John Massino. He's been speaking to George Wedlake about that current injury situation at the club and the trio of names who have now been ruled out for the rest of the season, starting with that man, Tom McIntyre. Yes, well, unfortunately, Tom has uh, fractured his ankle, or he's, he's picked up a fracture on his ankle, and he's, he's going to require surgery. So uh, that for Tom is going to be sort of 12 to 14 weeks. So that's going to see him till the end of the season. Very, very unlikely we're going to see him in a Portsmouth shirt this year, unfortunately, which is a real blow considering the fact we just brought him in, the fact that he was playing so well at the weekend, and and you know, regardless of all of that, we don't want our players to be injured. So uh, yeah, I think that's a, a real blow, but um, you know, one of those things we've got to deal with. Have you had a chat with him? How's he doing? How's he bearing up? He's okay. Tom's a really positive guy anyway, so um, he's obviously disappointed. He, he envisaged his debut going slightly differently. Um, you know, the red card I think we can live with and, and we were going to live with it. The injury I think is a real blow. Joe Morrell, what's the update there? Good and bad news with Joe. I think the uh, the bad news is that Joe will miss the rest of the season. He is he's actually under the knife today. There's a bit of cartilage that came loose during the Oxford game without anybody being anywhere near him. I think the good news on that is that it's, it's probably one that is, is sort of four to five months so we'll be back for the start of pre-season next year. We'll sort of say that, it might sound ridiculous, but the, the fear on that one was that it might be ACL, and, and that's obviously a nine-month injury, and it's a lot more significant. So uh, one of those things that I think we, we take with a, a pinch of salt and you know, a real bitter blow, I think, because you know, especially Joe being the, the player that uh, vice-captain the side for a lot of this season as well. He played um, brilliantly well um, whenever he was in the side and yeah, really, really disappointed to lose him. And Terry Devlin too in the same game against Oxford. Something happened with his shoulder. <laughs> Do we have an update on that? Yeah, so unfortunately Terry's uh, shoulder injury is a bit worse than we originally thought. So Terry also needs to go onto the knife. That's again, that's probably going to be about ten to twelve weeks for for Terry. So so one where likely we're going to not see him for for the rest of this season. Really unfortunate one for for Terry. He's obviously gone into that challenge. I think on the near side um, or close to the bench, the far side from the Portsmouth fans, ended up falling really awkwardly on his shoulder and yeah, a bit of ligament damage in there. So. Um, just nothing we can really do about that except just make sure he comes back stronger. Throughout your time in football, this kind of injury situation that you're encountering at the moment at Portsmouth, have you ever seen anything like it before? I think, uh, yeah, off the top of my head, no. It's one of those where just with the amount of significant injuries that we've had, I, I've seen injury lists pile up and you probably would have seen over the, even this season where clubs have got 11, 12, 13 players out injured. I have seen that happen before, but usually there's, um, you know, maybe eight or nine of them that are going to be back fairly quickly with minor muscular injuries. We've, we've actually had very, very few muscular injuries this year. The the one the ones that we have had, I think, were Tino Andrew and, and, and Alex Robertson. And again, when they when they tore their hamstrings, they, they, t- they tore them significantly uh, so yeah I've, I've never really seen anything like this I think the the last week probably sums up our luck I suppose in terms of the fact that we can replay all three of those situations a thousand times and there's absolutely nothing we can do about them no contact on Joe Morrow whatsoever and then the two challenges that the lads went into uh, in a Portsmouth shirt 100% of the time I want them going into those challenges honestly and trying to win the ball and you know obviously we don't want to get hurt but um, the far better thing is to make sure that we we stay honest as a group we we go into those challenges with intensity and we we don't start pulling out of anything for fear of injury. At this moment, how are you feeling with the depth in the squad? Do you think it's there still to sustain it for the rest of the season? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we've got to we've got to go in with a positive mindset. We've we've gone into January deliberately wanting to strengthen because of the, some of the injuries that we've had and the fact that we were in a decent enough league position. And we've come out of the back end of January with um, with more players than we went into it. So even though we've picked up a couple of injuries, it's um, it's a good position in terms of where we are uh, squad wise. If you looked at the if you look at the squad for the weekend, I know we have we've picked up 
sort of one injury from the squad at the weekend in Tom McIntyre. But uh, the squad at the weekend, we still left out three um, three pros from that in, in Gavin Anthony and, and Riley Towler. So numbers in terms of where we are, we're, we're looking pretty strong. That's the reason we built the squad the way we built it. Um, as we lose a player over this weekend, um, it's been really good to, to welcome players back, in, including Cass, who's been back training with us this week. So, um, yeah, that's something that we're really, really deliberately focused on, that squad depth. Next up then, long journey away to Carlisle. Your thoughts on them? Yeah, I mean, Carlisle are not, not in an ideal position in terms of uh, the league table um, obviously but uh, I think they're, they're, they're a side that um, can produce on the day, they beat Bolton away from home I think a really good sign of where they have been as a team this season is the fact that when they came to Fratton Park they gave us a very very tough game, we scored last minute from a set piece and in the second half that Carlisle probably edged and, and I actually felt on the day that it was one that we nicked and, and probably didn't deserve to win so uh, you know, a, a decent enough side that have come up last year that are a real threat and we've got to make sure we take the game um, you know, with the utmost seriousness because um, if we don't we're going to be punished and we've, we've got to make sure that we approach all these games properly it's, especially at this stage of the season you've seen with sides that have been struggling at the bottom at Fleetwood we went away and they um, after that and after a poor result after that they probably looked a bit dead and buried and all of a sudden they've gone and they've won back to back games including a very very tough trip on Tuesday night to Bristol Rovers and Reading have done the same they've, they've gone to Stevenage and got themselves out of the relegation zone so sides down there are fighting for their lives and we should expect a really tough test John Bassinio there speaking to George Wedlake ahead of tomorrow's trip to Carlisle United. Um, Brendan, let's talk about those injuries again. We, we've touched upon Tom McIntyre and how unfortunate it is for him to come on, make his debut, uh, perform so well as well against Northampton last weekend and now to be ruled out until the end of the season is a massive blow, not just for him, but for Pompey too. Um, Joe Morrell. <laughs> yeah. That's an, another big blow. He, he apparently felt something in his knee, um, a bit of cartilage, and as John Bassino highlighted there, fortunate that it, it could have been worse, but it isn't, and it's not an ACL, and it is something that is only maybe sort of you know, two or three months. Yeah, it's a misplaced cartilage, wasn't it? It's yeah. broken off, so yeah, sad about that one there, Joe Morrell. I've, I've nicknamed him Scrappy Doof over the last <laughs> few years because he is that sort of put, put him up, put him up, isn't he? So yeah, he'd be a big miss for us. He's a big, big character in the team. I know they've all said that they'll still be in the dressing room at the training ground, um, sort of being the uh, morale boosting players that they are. So it's sad to be missing missing Joe. Definitely, he's one of my one of my first names on the team sheet. If I'm perfectly honest, and Terry Devlin as well with a, a shoulder injury. James it just sums up Pompey's luck, doesn't it, this season? That you know we've got all these players being out until the end of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Alex Robertson, you had to the list. Regan Paul as well. Tino Andrew, we don't know when he's going to be back. He's been out for a long, long time now. Conor Ogilvie had that big injury at the start of the season. As did Marlon Pat, Colby Bishop mm-hmm. too. And for Terry Devlin, somebody else who's come into the side recently and performed excellently. Maybe someone who, maybe at the start of the campaign, not many would have tipped to be as frequent um, of, of a player week in, week out, but he has been. Um, and to be going out with, with a shoulder injury. Um, tell us about how Pompey are going to miss him between now and the campaign. I think we'll lose a bit of versatility. Um, I think we saw in the last few weeks with Rafferty being missing. Devlin stepped in, whether it was right wing back, right back. He's also been playing in centre midfield. He's played further higher up the pitch behind uh, Bishop, whether it be wide. So, yeah, you, you lose a bit of versatility there because he could cover numerous roles. And also in game that can be so useful more than starting so to speak um yeah so it's disappointing uh, i think we all kind of knew there's a bit of bad news coming with morale but to lose devlin and mcintyre off the back of it as well was 
was a real blow. Mm. Shoulder problem for Terry Devlin, needing surgery um, out until the end of the season. Joining that list of Tom McIntyre, Joe Morrell, Regan Paul and Alex Robertson. An email from Marcus Deacon saying, big blow to lose three first-team players to injury. Biggest concern for me is McIntyre. He looked really solid and it was great to see the way he was playing the ball out from the back. As much as I rate Morrell, I do think we are far too defensive with both him and Pack in the side. We've got good cover in midfield, so I'm not worried there. But I, uh, With McIntyre and Paul out, that leaves us with just three centre-backs again and unfortunately Towler does not look the same player he was a year ago and an injury to either Shocknessy or Raggett could really hurt us we really need to be proactive rather than reactive and dip into the free agent market now after all the good work on and off the pitch let's not throw it all away for the sake of one more player on the wage bill uh, Marcus does continue by saying I think the idea of a sin bin for certain offences is a good one it's been a, in Sunday League for a few seasons now and it seems to have worked very well it penalises offences whilst at the same time allowing the offending player the opportunity to cool off and get back into the game. Tomorrow should by all, all, all logic be a comfortable victory but Pompey never seemed to do anything the easy way. Got to go for a 2-1 win for the Blues. Marcus Deacons on the emails there. Um, Brendan back on regards to the free agent market and the centre-back situation John Massino wanted a centre-back in January to, to help cover and, and of, of course it was clear with the intention of Tom McIntyre starting last weekend that he probably gets in the side over Raggett and Towler. Now he's out injured. Are you happy as a fan to be relying on Sean Raggett and Riley Towler alongside Connor Shocknessy, or would you like to dip your hand into the free agent market? Uh, I, I'm very happy with, with Raggett. I, I think he's very much he's come along a long way since Messino's come in. I think him playing out from the back has actually improved under Messino. Um, Towler, he, he's done a great job when he's come in. He's coming coming off the bench against Fleetwood and he's sliding mm. quite well at the back. Um, Again, he he's very good with the ball at his feet. Maybe just he struggles when he's got a big big attacker sort of using their muscle against him, which I remember last year playing Sheffield Wednesday. He had a tough time with Michael Smith up front. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they're both players that we can rely on. Look, Magtar's brought in his cover and, you know, he's injured, so that, that, that's one less player sort of... Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. The, the, he is the cover, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you can afford kind of missing him. But free agent market... I'm, I'm not particularly fast. I think the no. best free agent was Matt Macy, and we, we, <laughs> we got him. <laughs> uh, Linda's got in touch saying, let's hope we can get a result at Carlisle tomorrow. Keep the pressure of the teams below. The mid-week, midweek results went our way, and Bolton is going to have a, a fixture pile-up, which will put pressure on the teams having to play two games a week. The injuries are a shame, and it seems that any injuries we get at the moment are season-ending. Let's hope we do not get any more. Four out with long-term injuries is enough. Play up Pompey Linda on the emails. And James, something that we'll talk about from a mentality standpoint, this team is been top of the table for a very long time now they seem to be batting away every single spell of adversity that comes their way mm. with these injuries with whatever's happening behind the scenes whatever's happening with other teams around them as well they're still top of the table do you think that the mentality of the side and the strength that, that, that John Massino has implied in the dressing room will go a long way in helping them over the line this season even with those players up yeah absolutely I think you only have to look back at last Saturday um, you have the blow missing a penalty and then you go down to 10 men you can quite easily feel like it's not going to be your day sit in the edge of your box invite pressure and you could easily throw that away but to stay on the front foot get a third get a fourth comfortably see the game out and we, we've seen throughout this season already the mentality of the group so strong in turning uh, defeats into draws or victories the late goals so we've already seen the, the core of this group have got a really, really good togetherness about them. Yeah. And um, yeah, I fully expect that to carry on. And I think I'll just go back to the ragged point quickly. I, I think a lot of people sometimes in the in the fan base can sort of lose sight of Raggett's played the majority of the season. Yeah, we are top of the league. 
Yeah. So there's no reason to not have any faith in Sean Raggett. No, he's yeah. great. I really no. There's a bit like Harry Maguire playing for England. He gets all this slating, but he actually is a decent centre. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's he's not Tom McIntyre, but he's in his own right. He's a top League One defender. Yeah. Proving a lot of doubt was wrong as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, a bit of positive news for, for, for Pompey in terms of injuries. Uh, from Jordan Cross at the Portsmouth News reporting that Zach Swanson um, will be uh, back on the training pitch next week. So Zach Swanson potentially only a couple of weeks away from returning to the uh, first team frame. So that is something a little bit positive for Pompey at the moment. Zach Swanson lining up a potential return to training next week. Right. Moving on from the men to the Pompey women. Now, I've been speaking to head coach Jay Sadler ahead of a big game this Sunday away at Oxford United. And I first asked about last week's win at Ipswich and whether or not the game itself was as close as the 1-0 scoreline suggested. Yeah, no, it was a, a real tight game. Um, fiercely contested game between two teams that obviously locked horns the week before. We always knew it was going to be a difficult game. Um, testing conditions with, with the weather and the pitch was was different, to say the least, was difficult um, the way the game played. So we had to be adaptable with the game. Um, we got the goal early, high press and turnover. Um, and then it was just a case of seeing the game out, not allowing Ipswich to get into any rhythm. We had a couple of moments on the transition um, to give us a bit of breathing room, but it wasn't to be. And um, yeah, you know, the girls have showed a, a real grit, determination and resilience to see the game out and an important three points against the team challenging at the top. Lead to Rutherford with the only goal of the game and a scorcher of 1-2, netting a screamer in the first minute. How big of an addition has she been to the team this season? She's been a massive addition for us. Um, she gets the football club. She's Pompey through and through. Um, she loves the city, loves the football club. Um, and when you've got players who understand what it means to play for Pompey, um, they're always going to give you them extra ones and 2%. Um, and she embodies the values, which is great. But... Not only um, is she a top, top human being, um, she's a fantastic football player. Um, She's very mature. um, And the way she gets hold of not only the football, but also the team and galvanises the group has been really important for us, especially in those hard moments. Um, And for her, when she does pop up with a goal, they always seem to be important ones. Um, And this one was no different. A fantastic strike the way she's hit it. Um, finding herself high up the pitch on the press, which is obviously really good to see how aggressive we were and how aggressive she was. Um, but yeah, she's been a fantastic addition. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's it's been really good to have her around the group. And now, unfortunately, Jazz Younger had to be taken off in that game. What happened to her and how is she doing? Yeah, it's a, it's a really unfortunate injury. Um, as I said before, the pitch is quite boggy, um, especially in and around the 18-yard area. She's Stuck her right leg up um, to intercept the ball and and on landing, um, hyperextended her knee. Luckily, it wasn't violent. Um, so there was an initial shock and an obvious pain, um, which we all we all felt. Um, she went for a scan on Wednesday. Um, the football club got her a scan on the Wednesday, and we await the results. And obviously, we've got everything crossed, and that it's that it's going to be a, a positive um, scan and positive results. But until we get that, we don't know. It was her birthday as well on the Tuesday, so it wasn't an ideal way to celebrate her birthday on crutches, but. We tried to make it as positive as possible and hopefully she won't be out um, long term because she's been a, a vital part, not only to the playing squad, but but also to the social group. Uh, another top human being that, that we have at the football club. Another away match this weekend, Oxford United, the opponents at Court Place Farm on Sunday. What do you expect from an opponent who over the past few seasons have typically proven to be a tough one to play against? 
Yeah, and for some reason, we never feel like we're playing at home, <laughs> which is crazy. I think we've got one home game in February, one in March and one in April coming up. And it feels like we play most of the season away from home with more away games coming up. So, um, yeah, no, listen, we, we've got a good record away from home. Um, we utilise the time together really, really wisely. Um, a good, Another good social element and, and one of the, the reasons why this squad is so together. Um but yeah, as you said, Oxford are a tricky team this year. Um, they lost a lot of a lot of players, and and they went through a transition moment. And with a new manager in, you you normally have a manager bounce, but this has lasted longer. And they've won seven league games on the bounce. They've got some really good players, and as you alluded to there, their their home record over recent years has has been imperishable. It's been really difficult to get a result there. I can't remember picking up a result there in my time at the football club. So we know how difficult it is. Um, but with the confidence, the belief and the run of form we're in, um, we're excited to, to get back out and, and keep the winning run going. Yeah, and you mentioned there that they've turned their fortunes around recently. But what kind of learnings can you take from the reverse fixture with Oxford, which your side won by four goals to nil at Wesley Park in September? Yeah, and as I said, that they're probably at that moment they were in their kind of embryonic stage of, of transition. Um, more recently, they've probably become more settled as a group, um, become more aligned with with a philosophy, with a, with a way of playing, um, which we've we've highlighted and, and obviously um, worked on a lot this week. And they've got some consistency now. And when a team's winning, um, you gain confidence. And when you gain confidence, you fear no one. And that's what we're coming up against. Two teams that are in full flow, two teams that are winning games of football and made it a habit. So it is going to be a challenge. And not only have they got some real good individual players, collectively as a group, they've they've always been strong. So it's going to be a tasty game for sure. Mia Adaway has been recalled from her loan spell at Fulham. What influenced that decision and what kind of role will she have in the team in this, what is really now the business end of the season? Yeah, we've had a couple of players come back. Um, Teeny Scott, another one, who come back from Worthing. Her loan deal ended at the end of January. She went out for a few months just to gain some experience, get some game time under her belt. And Worthing were fantastic. She was able to get consistent minutes at Tier 4 level, which was was obviously great. Mia Radaway, unfortunately, she's been um, hit with several injuries over the past few years. And um, we went out to, to Fulham, Steve Jay, um, a top, top um, coach over at Fulham. And it was a good opportunity for her to grow. And she picked up a couple of injuries here and there. And we just thought it was the right time to bring her up, bring her back into our environment, to nurse her, to manager. She got 45 minutes at the weekend for our under-23s against Cheltenham and had a good couple of opportunities in the first half. And for her, it's just about improving her confidence, improving her fitness. Um, and, and both will, will prove um, helpful and, and beneficial um, in the running till the end of the season for the first team, for sure. And we spoke about Jazz, but how's the rest of the squad looking in preparation to Sunday's game? Yeah, we, we unfortunately picked up another injury with, with Annie Rolfe. Again, she, she's not had... Um, the easiest of, of seasons with injuries. She'd come back with, with a hamstring injury and um, we've nursed her through pre-season. She got the ankle injury in the reverse fixture against Oxford. I think it was 126 days out. We were, we were really um, lucky to get her back in. A, a lot of work. Um, Rosie Ollie doing a lot of work behind the scenes to get her back in. Off the bench against Billericay and, and starting in the cup game. And unfortunately, she's she tweaked that hamstring um, in, in the last game. So she'll be out for this weekend. Um, Emma Jones, another player that's been unavailable for us. Um, we're, we're hopeful um, that she'll be available for the weekend too, which could come as a, a real big um, addition to this squad. Um, but apart from that, all players are healthy, all players are fit, no suspensions. 
Um, we're going to go there with, with a group that not only has quality um, and has real good depth, but but also, as I keep saying, is, is a group that's confident um, with the past results, but also motivated for, for what we can do in the coming weeks. And just finally, slightly off topic, but big news earlier this week announced that your side had been drawn to play Newcastle United away in the semi-final of the National League Cup. Not only that, but the game has been confirmed to be taking place at St James's Park. Some opportunity that for all involved. Yeah, and the old cliche in football is you always focus on the next game, but when a game of this magnitude is announced at such an iconic stadium, um, never mind it in England, but but in Europe, it's really hard. It's really hard not to talk about it. It is one giant elephant in the room. Um, we've obviously got two really important games in the league where we want to pick up six points against Oxford and Chatham, and and then when that game does come around, not only. As I said, similarly to when we played Southampton in the FA Cup, we won't just enjoy the game, we'll enjoy the whole occasion. We'll enjoy the travel up there um, and we'll enjoy playing at St. James's Park. When, when you look at previous crowds um, that they've gathered there, 22, 24, 25,000, um, they're hoping to break the 30,000 mark. And um, if we can get some Pompey fans um, in attendance, that will be great. Um, but as I keep saying to everyone, we're, we're not going up there for the, for the occasion. It'll be a great spectacle, not only for um, Tier 3 football, but for women's football as a whole, the evolution to be playing in such um, a magnificent um, amphitheatre is going to be incredible. But we're going to win. It's as simple as we're going to get into a final. We, we didn't manage to get into the final last year with, with a humbling defeat to Nottingham Forest. We know it's going to be a difficult test. We know we've got everything against us, but this group thrives in their moments. And when that game does come around, we'll be We'll be ready, we'll be focused and, and we're looking forward to it. Jay Sadler there speaking ahead of Sunday's trip to Oxford United in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. And if you missed the news earlier this week, they will be travelling to Newcastle United in the semi-finals of the uh, National League Cup. That game has also been confirmed to be playing at St James's Park on Sunday the 25th of February. So only a couple of weeks away, we're very much looking forward to that one. We'll catch up with Jay Sadler and uh, hopefully a player as well, Eric Colborne, in the build-up to that game in a couple of weeks' time. Right after the break, we'll be getting the final thoughts of both James Wilson and Brendan Tuttiot on the Football Hour tonight. And we'll also be hearing from uh, former Carlisle midfielder Owen Moxon opening up about his time at Carlisle and why the decision to move away from his hometown club was a difficult one to make. I had a great season. We had a great season as a team. And like I say, I'm from there, so the club does hold a place in my heart. It was difficult, but I just feel like it was the right time for me to have a change. I never moved away from home before so it was something that I feel like could push me on in my career. Owen Moxon to come as well as Kirsty Roxanne's report on Carlisle United and the final thoughts of both James and Brendan when the Football Hour returns for its conclusion next. For the fans by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. 
Yes, welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Thank you for joining us on the show this evening. If you've missed any of the show uh, on uh, tonight, you can download and listen back to it via the Express FM website, the app and Spotify as well. We'll be uploading tonight's episode in just under half an hour's time. Right, before we go any further and before we bring both James and Brendan back into the conversation, let's get a report on tomorrow's opposition for Pompey. Carlisle United, Kirsty Roxanne has more on the Cumbrians. An extraordinary 4-1 win at Fratton Park against Northampton Town sees the Blues go four points clear at the top of the League One table. This week's opposition. Early girls from Connor Ogilvy and Paddy Lane set the tone. Even after Colby Bishop's penalty was saved and Tom McIntyre was sent off in an unfair tackle, the Blues dug deep and secured another two goals from Lane and Callum Lang. After a successful run, John Massino's side are back on, the Blues now head to their furthest away fixture this season, the 700-mile trip to Brunton Park to take on the struggling Carlisle United. Let's take a closer look at them now. Manager. Paul Simpson is at the helm for the Cumbrians. The English former professional footballer started his playing career with a move from Carlisle to Manchester City at the age of 15, making his senior debut for the club at age 16. During his spell at Main Road, he won five caps for the England under-21 team, adding to the three caps he already won at under-18 level. Simpson also played for Oxford United, Derby County, Wolves, Blackpool, Rochdale and Carlisle United, with loan spells at Finn Harps, Sheffield United and Walsall. He started his manager career as a player manager at Rochdale after the departure of John Holland. Simpson left after a largely unsuccessful season and moved back to his hometown, becoming manager player for Carlisle United. Simpson also managed Preston North End, Shrewsbury Town, Stockport County, Northbridge Victoria and England under-20s. He was also assistant manager for Steve McLaren at Derby County and moved with him to Newcastle United in 2015. In February 2022, Simpson returned to former club Carlisle as a manager until the end of the 2021-22 season. The Cumbrians found themselves in the League 2 relegation zone in 23rd position at the time of his appointment. Simpson turned the club's form around and won five of the seven matches across March and at the end of 2022 season, confirming Carlisle's League 2 status of the following season, Simpson went on to sign a three-year permanent contract with the club. In the following season, he led Carlisle to a fifth-place finish, qualifying for playoffs. After a win against Bradford City in the semi-final, the Cumbrians won the 2023 playoff final at Wembley, defeating Stockport County on penalties. This win marked the first of Simpsons at Wembley in six attempts. One to watch. A one to watch on this occasion is 22-year-old Jack Robinson. Robinson started his senior career at Middlesbrough, making his one and only appearance as a substitute in a 3-0 championship defeat to Wickham Wanderers. In August 2021, he signed for National League side Jovel Town on loan for the 2021-22 season. Robinson then went on to join League Two side Carlisle United on loan for the remainder of the 2022-23 season. Following promotion at the end of the season, he returned to the club on a permanent two-year deal. The defender can play as a centre-back or as a left-back with an attacking flair. Robinson wears the number 19 shirt. Top scorer. Winger Jordan Gibson is the current top goalscorer. Gibson played youth football with Rangers before he signed a senior career contract with Bradford City. During his three seasons at the club, he made 11 starts, appearing for six different managers. Gibson went on to sign for Irish club St Patrick's Athletic. After five months, he signed for fellow League of Ireland Premier Division club Slingo Rovers. Returning to England in August, Gibson signed for Carlisle United. He has currently made 132 appearances for the Cumbrians, scoring 20 goals. So far this campaign, Gibson has scored seven goals and wears the number seven shirt. Current form. It will be top of the league versus bottom of the league this Saturday as Simpson's side currently occupy 24th in the league. 
fighting in the relegation zone alongside fellow clubs Fleetwood and Cheltenham. The last win came on New Year's Day on home soil against Port Vale. The most recent five games have all ended in defeat, leaving the Cumbrians with 20 points so far this campaign, meaning they are three points clear at the bottom of the League One table. Carlisle won the playoff final last season on penalties, earning the promotion back to League One after nine years in League Two. The last time these sides met was at Fratton Park back in October when the scoreline ended 1-0 to the Blues after a 90-plus-3 minute goal from Connor Shocknessy. Can the Blues extend their unbeaten streak to five games and keep the promotion dreams alive? All of the immiscible action on Pompey Live. Yep, thank you, Kirsty. A closer look into Carlisle United there. Brandon, bottom of the table, 20 points on the board, 11 points adrift from safety, five defeats on the spin. Um, bottom versus top tomorrow. This should be routine for Pompey, right? I know we say, like, you, you can't count your lucky stars and we sometimes got to be a little bit careful with these kind of matches, but come on. Well, as I say, it's screaming out for a 1-0 home win, isn't it? Yeah. But, but no, hopefully, you know, being top of the league, you know, there's enough, there's loads of quality in our team. Just hopefully we play with the, with, play with the fact that we've got to go out and blow them away. We need, we need the goal difference up. You know, if we take it, you know, if we take it on the back foot, like we did against Oxford and against Port Vale and, you know, sort of allow them to sort of grow into the game a bit. But no, you need to close it up early and, you know, put it to bed before half time. And another fast start like we saw against Northampton last Saturday, James. We were speaking pre-game about the the necessity for that. You get an early goal at Bronson Park tomorrow. You, you kind of feel like the floodgates might open a little bit. Yeah, especially when a team's so low on confidence. Um, if you can stick them on the back foot early, take an early opportunity, and then hopefully with with the game we play and, and the model we have to keep possession, we can just erode at that confidence that's hanging by a fine thread at Carlisle at a minute based on recent results. So, yeah, fast start's important. If not... Another important aspect of the game is not to panic. So if it does go longer and it is goalless, you've just got to back yourself and back the quality that you have to keep playing your game and hopefully the goods will come. Mm. Right, let's hear from uh, Owen Moxon now, midfielder, joined Pompey uh, from Carlisle United just under two weeks ago. He's been telling George Wedlake about his first week as a Portsmouth player. It's been exciting, settled in really well. I'm enjoying every minute of it. So, yeah, I just want to keep going, keep working and obviously try and work as hard as I can to get in the team because the lads have been been unbelievable all year and you know on the weekend they were, they were brilliant again so enjoying it so what's that like being a player then on deadline day you know when everything's a bit fast-paced moving very fast shopping and changing um yeah hectic but it's the first time i've probably been in that position so it was all new to me um it was exciting enjoyable yeah it was like i said just very hectic so being a carlisle boy it must have been a tough decision to leave that club yeah it was um Obviously, I was there all the way through the academy. I got released at 16. Um, I also came back last season. We got promoted. I had a great season. We had a great season as a team. And like I say, I'm from there, so the club does hold a, a place in my heart, even though they released me when I was younger. Um, it was difficult, but I just feel like it was the right time for me to ha- have a change. I've never moved away from home before, so it was something that I feel like could push me on in my career. It was hard, but it was the right choice, and I think it was the best for me. Uh, so what was it about Portsmouth then? Basically just the history of the club, um, how big of a club it is, the fan base, the expectations, where obviously the club wants to be and deserves to be. And then once I spoke to the manager, um, the manager was a big part in it. 
I like the the way he wants to play football. I feel like it'll suit me. Yeah, just just the the all round package really. And after only being at the club a couple of days, you came on as a substitute around the 84th minute at the weekend. What's that like? I mean, adding to the whirlwind, I guess. Yeah, no, obviously I trained with the lads the day before, so it was good, good to get in, have my first training session, and then straight into a game. And obviously, just with it being a home game as well, it was it was special, you know. Um, it was packed out. Fans were brilliant. So, like you say, at that time of the game, you feel like it's pretty comfortable. It was. It was the game was done and buried. So it's nice to get on. You know, get familiar with it, um, and then get back in for a full week's training. What are you looking to achieve during your time at Portsmouth? I think first and foremost, I think everybody is in the same boat. We want we want promotion this year, and then for me, I want to be able to to add obviously some excitement to the fans. Um, you know, play as many games as I possibly can and just keep winning games and, you know, take us to where wherever the club can get to, which and like I say the first the first step is promotion this year. Everyone wants promotion, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. At the next game, ironically is Carlisle away. How are you feeling yeah. about that one, being back so soon? No, I can't wait. Um you know, obviously going back, seeing some familiar faces, so it'll be good. It'll be a tough game, but we'll just prepare for it like I'll prepare for it like any other game, and then you know go there and hopefully get the three points, and then travel back down. So yeah, it's be nice to go back, but uh, it's no different to any other game. So how are you feeling about playing against you know some friends and former teammates? You know I've met some some great people in football, but you come up against them sometimes, and once you cross over the white line, it's it's there's no no friends, and once the game's done, you're back friends again. So it's it's just one of them. It's part and parcel of football, and yeah, it's just any other game. So I'll just treat it like that. Owen Moxon speaking to George Wedlake earlier this week ahead of Sun uh, Saturday's trip to his old stomping ground, Carlisle United. Hopefully he's got a big role to play tomorrow afternoon. Uh, big also uh, part of the news ahead of tomorrow's game, Cassini Yengi will be back available for selection for John Massinho's side. He is back from the Asia Cup after Australia were eliminated earlier this week. Pompey have Cassini Yengi back available for selection. Um, something for positive, James. Absolutely. Um, he, he brings another dimension off the bench, pace power when there are games that you need that goal when you are chasing the game he, he does bring something else to the team that's completely different to Colby Bishop and variation is good to have score prediction time Brendan what do you reckon Pompey oh, Carlisle I'll go for a 3-0 Pompey win 3-0 Pompey win Brendan thank you very much thank James. you James I'm going to go 2-0 early goal and a late goal early goal and a late goal yeah are we Moxon maybe mm, yeah <laughs> the late one why yeah, not? why not? Why not? Well, there were Met Office warnings for uh, for uh, Thursday and Friday for snow and heavy rainfall, but no snow has been for, uh, reported at Carlisle, and the downpours have not been as ferocious as first feared. So as we know, tomorrow's game at Bronson Park taking place as scheduled. It is the first of 15 cup finals. Can Pompey make it five unbeaten in the League One? Join us here on Pompey Live. Here we go. Pompey Live. It was a winning start to February for Portsmouth. Charge for Lang! It's just the 12-hour round trip next for Pompey fans, and a away day in Carlisle awaits. Join us for all of the unmissable action this Saturday from 2. Every kick, every goal, every game is right here on Express FM, Pompey Live.
with Aquacars. That's right, we'll have all of the unmissable action live from Cumbria as Pompey take on Carlisle United away from home at Brunton Park for the first time in seven years. And if you uh, didn't hear us say it earlier, what happened in 2017 when Pompey last travelled to Carlisle United? They got promoted to League One. Can that be a good omen for the Blues? We'll have to wait and see. But tomorrow is the first of 15 big, big cup finals between now and the end of the campaign. John Massino started looking to make it five unbeaten and retain their position at the top of the League One standings. Join us here on Pompey Live from 2 o'clock for a 3pm kickoff. School Days with Steve Randall follows us after the news at 7 with Hip Shaker returning from 9 through until 11. Express Hits takes you through to the early hours of Saturday morning when Ian McGuinness wakes you up with Saturday breakfast from 8 through to 11 and Lily Park warms up your um, 11 till 2 before Pompey Live. Until next time Blues fans, I'll see you on Monday night with a review of tomorrow's action. Hopefully it'll be a win. Steve Randall is up next. Good night.